Welcome to the Gym Wits Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, aka Chef Sonic. And we are the Gym Wits. So did you hear the uh, the news about the, the big boxing match that's happening on New Year's Eve? No. You didn't hear Floyd Mayweather's next opponent? Who's his next opponent? Um, Tenshin uh, Nasukawa. You heard of him? <laughs> You're looking weird, but this guy's actually ridiculous. He's a, he's um, a, a kickboxing slash Japanese kickboxing slash MMA fighter. He's like 20. He's insane. He's like re- like really good. Like like but one he's among not a the best pro boxer. He's a kickboxer, but he's not a pro boxer exactly. And so Mayweather signed apparently. Well, not apparently. Like he's fighting in Ryzen promotion on New Year's Eve in Japan. Um, now the guy's like. Wait, is he fighting a boxing match or a kickboxing? They match? haven't announced the rules, but they, they they alluded to it being maybe MMA. You know, Mayweather took pictures of himself with gloves with MMA gloves. The guy weighs 120 pounds. Now, realistically, it's going to be boxing. The, the the rumors are that it might be like a three round fight. It might be a three round exhibition match, or it might be a real boxing match. There's no, ch- I think, no chance in hell that it it's going to be kickboxing or any kind of combined rules or MMA or anything. I just I like as. You know, obviously Mayweather's great, uh, a great boxer. He's an all-time great. Um, he outweighs the guy by 20 pounds. But if they made it a kickboxing match, he would get destroyed. And yeah, okay. so I, I don't, I don't think there's any chance of that happening at all. <laughs> Unless he's been secretly training, like you know, an animal in Muay Thai and kickboxing for the last two years, we just have no idea. And even so, <clears throat> I would not like his chances. Well, look. But- I- I, it, it sounds to me like it's some sort of exhibition and it's not going to be a crazy Probably, thing. Yeah. And Just why is he doing it, though? Maybe he needs money? I mean, you you think really? somebody that's made like a billion... I don't know. How, I mean, who knows? He's probably made at least somewhere between half a billion and a billion dollars yeah. in his career. So why would he need to take this fight? But I mean, I think from what I understand, he's getting paid a ton of money. Um I, who knows? It's Japan. That wouldn't put anything past you know those promoters that, to like whether it's fixing or crazy weird matchups or whatever it is. Like you just never know when it comes to like stuff yeah, that goes on uh, weird. in the fight world in Japan. So who knows? But uh, yes, it was announced. Um, he went out there. He did some promo stuff. Like he's supposed to be fighting in Japan. Um, but very like weird. It, but it is it'd be it is. amazing if he actually did sign on for like a kickboxing match. But it'll, I think it'll never happen. He, I don't know if he would do like a full on Muay Thai kickboxing. No, no, you can do like, kickboxing without clinch. Kickboxing, no, maybe clinch, low kicks. No uh, who knees. knows? Whatever it is, if he's allowed to kick, he's going to destroy it. I mean, there's just no, yeah, yeah. no if ands or buts. Like it just, you know, it, you know, unless it's boxing, he's, you know, and the guy's good. He's got good hands, but he's not a boxer. He's never fought a pro boxing match. So you know. But hey, they're both going to make a ton of money, and yeah, that's good it. for them. Yeah. So I guess a couple weeks ago we talked about Halloween, and we never, um, we didn't record last week um, to discuss. But uh, it was an interesting Halloween. Um, I don't know if anybody, um, anyone who is, follows us on Instagram, check out the Instagram. I, I mentioned that we were doing the uh, the Halloween parade with the dogs, and uh, it's frustrating. We we came in second. Pl- well, uh, yeah, we came in second place, but then there was best in show, and we didn't place in that. So I don't know exactly how that works. But basically, um, I feel like we were we were robbed again, because <laughs> like I think I told you in the past, like I feel like I've had the best costume, but like the biggest sets wins win. So I did this time. I did like the best set, and I still somehow came in second. You can see it was a crazy speakeasy. It was really cool looking. My dogs looked amazing, um, but we we came in second again. So well, I not again. We came in second. Something. What? 
your idea for next year? No, you can't mention it. My wife said, "Don't mention it." I, I don't like the idea. I, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's very strong. I think that it's. I think you would need more dogs to pull it off. I and know, you know what you're why. talking about. But <laughs> look, we've got five. We have three humans and two dogs. And now here's why it's. Here's why it'll work. Uh, I, I never said it, it won't right. work. It'll work. I just. I, I don't. I don't love here's, it. Here's why it'll work. I don't love it. Okay, I'm gonna explain why though. So. So here's here's my new my new theory. So obviously there could be. Could Ryan, just be why, don't, why don't you at least give them a clue as to what no, we we're talking about? No, no, nothing. So anyway, so here's my here's the thing with um with most of the costumes. So I, in the past, it's been the biggest set that wins too, right? But then I realized, okay, it's not just the set. The owners have to be really dressed up, and it's got to be bright. So I'm realizing now you got to have a big set. Which this one did. The one that won was um, Mad Hatter. And they had this big teacup. It was nice looking. It wasn't as nice as mine, but it was nice. But it was colorful. And the owners were really dressed up. Like, I was dressed up. My wife was kind of like, it was a, it was a speakeasy. So, again, we kind of looked, we kind of dressed like that, you know, that era. But, it, you know, it wasn't very flashy. It wasn't very bright. So, this time, what we're going to do is be very bright. And we have the two dogs dressed up. And you're right. We do need more characters. But the three other people that will be there will all just be dressed very, um, you know, I don't know, it's not flamboyantly, but very um, loud and colorful. So I agree, it's not the greatest idea. Though I was thinking of doing, um, I was just thinking of doing Masters of the Universe and just going like with having like, um, oh, what's his name, Battle Cat, like making a 3D printed Battle Cat and putting my dog on him as He Man and doing like one of us dressed up as Castle Grayskull. Um, but then I thought, okay, that'd be too much work. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. So I. I I can see why you're not thrilled about our idea for this year, but I, we were going to do it last year. I think we're set on it. I've started designing it already. Okay. Um, so we did it. So that was it. So that was my, my Halloween. If you, if you check out our Instagram, you'll see the pictures and you'll see, and if you type in Tompkins square Halloween parade, there's some really good ones. Um, there's some great costumes, um, from this year. I just, I think you know, we should have won again <laughs> <laughs> next year. Yeah. Get next next year. year. Yeah. So, um, I guess now we, did you do anything for Halloween? Before we get into uh, our nothing, no, I'm sort of burnt. Actually, I was working on, on each day, so you know, by the time I was done, I was like Ugh. tired. Didn't feel like yeah. Going out. I was, you know, I've done so many crazy Halloweens in my yeah. life. I'm sort of burnt out. On yeah, it. you have done but some I'll, crazy Halloweens. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll return to form one of these years. Yeah, well, every year we say that, and that doesn't happen. But anyway, okay, so let's get to the episode. So we actually have an interesting study today. Um, so we haven't done kind of, uh, we haven't had really an episode with just us in a while but anyway got an interesting study um and this one uh basically is about kind of obvious <laughs> that better cardiovascular health leads to longer life um and this was published in jama um and by the cleveland clinic and basically it was a, a retrospective study um that was a total of 120,000 people who did treadmill testing between 1991 and 2014 so these are all at the cleveland clinic where they kind of went back and looked at um you know people from different studies and um were kind of checking to see basically cardiovascular fitness and mortality and what they found was that better cardiovascular fitness was associated with better mortality and there really was was no limit um the most benefits were people 70 plus and people with hypertension so actually like if you had hypertension and or 70 plus the better your cardio the better the benefit or the better the benefits of, of having so, a good cardio one question about that are they referencing people that were in good cardiovascular health when they were 70 or when they had hypertension or was it people that 
I guess you. Why would you have been? Why yeah, would they have been studying you if you weren't? Yeah, so not necessarily. Or do they know people it's that just, may have gro- gone older over time? If you were seventy plus yeah. with the good cardiovascular health, you 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 have better mortality. Same thing with the hypertension. So it wasn't a specific really like, going out on a yeah. limb there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also interestingly enough, um, extreme athletes um, benefited the most from this. So I think we've talked in the past about how, you know, sometimes there, you know, if you're, you know, the extremes, you know, could cause, you know, other potential issues, but extreme athletes seem to benefit the most uh, as far as mortality rates. Um, and then basically the risks of, you know, another interesting part of the study, kind of more interesting than the obvious part, which is, yeah, we, we kind of know that if you're in better, good cardiovascular health, you're going to have good, you know, higher mortality, but the risks of poor cardiovascular fitness were similar to those with other risk factors. So for example, you know, if you have hypertension or high blood pressure or, you know, other kind of pulmonary issues, the risk factors associated again with poor cardiovascular health, let's say you have poor cardiovascular health, but you're otherwise healthy. Um, your mortality is going to be similar to somebody who has a, a, another risk factor um and uh even if you have heart problems th- you know it appears that cardiovascular um uh, fitness is really important so i guess the you know the value of this study i guess goes to show just the i guess i guess the value of of good cardiovascular fitness that that that's not something that should be neglected and you know generally we we think about i mean i think we've done better as a society to look at you know cardiovascular health separate from weight but even if you're you know you're you have good weight even if you lift weights and exercise like good cardiovascular fitness is going to be something that's important yes a real shocker there anyhow so what's the main uh discussion for today uh, main discussion for today, uh, we're going to talk about body fat. So it's an issue, it's come up plenty of times um, over the, how many years have we been doing this? Four years, or three, three and a half years, yep, something like yep. that, however long we've been doing it. Um, but I was looking through kind of our notes and, and previous episodes and I realized we never really did an episode about body fat. So whether it's come up or not, um, you know, some people select episodes based on the topic and maybe they didn't come across it. Maybe it was so long ago that you don't remember it. So I thought just talking a little bit about body fat would be, be something different, um, interesting. And, uh, you know, it's something that doesn't get discussed enough as far as like kind of its importance and, and usefulness. So I don't know that this will be a particularly long episode. I don't think we've got eight, you know, an hour's worth of material, but I thought it'd be a nice little topic well, to talk it, it, about. It's funny and that you could go into the, the, sure. the real science of it. If you had a biologist could, could talk probably extensively sure. about it, but that's uh, a different podcast for a different show with a different set of hosts, most likely. Although it is, uh, it, that stuff is interesting, but if I find that most people are not really interested in the super details of the, you know, the biological aspects of it, they just want to know the basis, the basics, and just sort of how it applies to to daily life. So when we say body fat, what are we referring to? So you know, basically, you know, we think what our body's comprised of. You know, the main kind of things that we're thinking, talking about, especially when it comes to um, kind of health and fitness and and exercise, we're thinking about fat, bone water, muscle tissue, and minerals. Um, now, obviously, there's a lot, you know, other stuff going on, but that's kind of the main thing we're, we're looking at. So when we're talking about body fat, we're really looking at fat as a percentage within all of that. So, you know, what percentage of, of your body weight or your body's mass um, is fat? And, you know, just briefly, like you have kind of there, you know, we kind of think of fat, there are two kinds, basically. It's kind of your sub 
subcutaneous fat, which would be kind of the stuff that you can pinch, like right underneath your belly, your arms, whatever. And then you have visceral fat, which kind of covers and, and in many ways protects the organs. So um, when we get a little bit into the measurements, you can see how kind of um, there are ways to measure subcutaneous where you can't measure visceral. And then, you know, th then there are more kind of advanced ways to measure. But basically, that's kind of what we're looking talking about when we're dealing with like body fat. All right. So why is this, there, this breakdown of fat in your body or how much is there? Why is it important to, to, re, to, to know that number? Why is it important to measure it? Sure. All right. So basically, often people, when they're, when they're checking their, you know, how they've progressed on an exercise program, it's often just by weight. But weight really doesn't tell you much. So if you lose a lot of weight, um, but most of the weight, you, if you, let's say you lose a lot of muscle weight um, or you lose, let's say you, you, you cut a lot of weight and you lose five pounds of water weight tonight, like that doesn't tell you, you know, if just looking at the scale won't tell you much. You could lose five pounds of water weight, uh, you know, over the course of, you know, a month, you could lose a few pounds of muscle or you could lose a few pounds of fat. And depending on what you lose or gain is going to tell you a lot about the person. If you take two people that are, you know, 250 pounds or 150 pounds you, know, you can have one that's really, really overweight and you could have one that's really, really muscular and they weigh the same. They're even at the same height. So so basically, weight doesn't really give you all that much information. So basically, you know, what body fat tells you is by giving you kind of a percentage of fat as compared to lean weight, it gives you a better idea of the person's fitness. And then again, having those, you know, understanding the body fat then gives you a better idea of, you know, a number of kind of risk factors and, and health issues. So, you know, by having kind of body fat, you, you get, an, you can then kind of measure potentially, you know, a person's metabolism. Um, it gives you an idea of their, of again, of their overall fitness. Um, you have context to the weight. So if I just know that someone weighs 200 pounds, that gives me no context. But if I know what their body fat is, it can help me design a program to, to fit what they need. If they, you know, want to lose weight or gain weight or put on muscle or lose muscle, it kind of helps with, you know, give context to what the weight is. Um, and then it also helps you measure change over time. So again, like we said, um, or like I said earlier, um, if I have a client, you know, someone, this is a very common thing. So a lot of times someone will start with an exercise program and they might, you know, over the course of, let's say, you know, a few weeks or months, they may not lose weight, but in that time, maybe they lost a few pounds of fat, they put on a few pounds of muscle. So in reality, their overall body composition is much better. They may, you know, maybe by a few percentage points, like if you lose a few pounds of fat, you gain a few pounds of muscle, you could, you know, swing, you know, five percentage points of, of your of your body composition. So you could go from 20% body fat to 15% body fat, which is significant. But if you don't see a change in the scale, or if you see a minimal change in the scale, that could be frustrating. Do you that that happens a lot? I, I wouldn't say as extreme as I said, but it definitely happens. There are definitely times where, especially people who, let's say, they, they're, let's say, this is more often if somebody loses, well, okay, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. Where you'll see it is somebody who is relatively fit uh, but they really ramp up their exercise. Maybe they start lifting, you know, weights a little bit heavier, and they're doing more cardio. But their diet is the same, so their kind of caloric intake pretty much is is at a maintenance phase with their weight. But the exercise increases a lot. So over the course of a few months, they will actually look better if you do measurements like the you know the measurements around the areas where you want to lose will go down, where areas where you want to gain will go up. But they may not go down that much on the scale. So what will end up happening is you'll have somebody who is slightly more muscular and has lost fat, but the weight looks the same. So if you're doing measurements and you're checking body fat, you're going to see 
you really will know. And if you have pictures, like you're going to see, okay, this person really has made progress. But if they're just looking at the scale, often that can be frustrating and discouraging because they haven't seen a change. So you definitely see that happen. Um, you know, but like I said, you won't, it's rare to see a significant change where somebody like gains 10 pounds of muscle and loses 10 pounds of fat. Like that's, a, that's a little rare unless that's over a really extended period of time. And usually that, you know, then you really can see, you know, you don't need a, you don't need to measure it. You can see if you've done that kind of change, but um, it definitely has happened. Like I've definitely seen people, especially when they're starting out where, where they make uh, a, a decent sh- change in their body composition which is what we refer to with body fat, but they don't see as big of a, a drop in the in the scale. So I know you. One time you did this for me. A couple times actually, brought out those those things that uh, I don't even know what you call them that measure the the body fat. I guess that's one way to do it. I know there's it might be a couple ways. How do those things work? Okay, so well, there there are a few different ways to test. So you've got. Um, what you mentioned was like a body fat calipers, um, which is called skinfold calipers. So basically that's probably the, the, if you're just going to a gym, probably the best method to go if the trainer is accurate with how they test. So basically the way it works is it, but so the issue with that is it only measures the subcutaneous fat. So it's only measuring the actual fat, like on the, um, you know, it's only measuring the fat on the belly or whatever. And so it doesn't measure visceral fat. So I mentioned visceral fat can be used to protect organs, but also too much of it can also be a a risk factor. So there's an issue where we're not going to know. So somebody could be, could look relatively healthy. Like you might take somebody, cosmetically cosmetically they may look healthy, but they might have a higher percentage of visceral fat, which then could potentially be, be a problem. So, um, you know, so there is a potential issue there. So, um, but the skinfold calipers are, are, are useful, you know, just to get a kind of a good idea of where somebody's at. So basically, what you do with the skinfold um, calipers is you're you're measuring different points around the body, um, basically pinching, and you're measuring how much fat is in each area. Again, it's not an accurate, you know, measurement of like how much fat you actually have. It's really based on what you can you can kind of pinch. Um, but based on the numbers that you get. Um, and a kind of an algorithm that you, you can you, you know you plug it into a calculator or you can you know plug it in do the math yourself you'll get um, kind of an estimate of the person's body fat so that number is not their actual body fat it really is just a representation of what you were able to do so that's why as a trainer you have to be very consistent in how you take the test because if I take it one way and then 10 minutes later I do it and I just make a um, slightly different or slightly off on how I test then it's going to skew the results and that's also why if you have some if I do your skin fold measurements and somebody else does your skin fold measurements you can't compare the two numbers because we both might do it differently and no one person might be right so then how is it so, so here's it seems very inaccurate so here's where it is so here's the, here's the value of it it's not going to be it's there's a variance of about three percent so you're going to know within three percentage points like a plus or minus where your body fat is that doesn't matter what really matters when you're doing this method of testing though is that the change so if i'm accurate and consistent then i should be able to get an accurate measurement of how of how much you've changed so like when i measure like you're measuring kind of millimeters so if i pinch your stomach and i check you know if i if i'm able to pinch off whatever five millimeters and then i pinch your leg and i'm able to pinch off 10 millimeters like when I do it the next time, if I'm only able to pinch off four millimeters or you know six millimeters, that means that there has been some change. And then we plug that into the calculator. We're going to get a body fat change. And so that change is what's more important. So what we want to see is that over a period of time, you've made some improvements that have helped to lower your body fat. And then we can make 
kind of we can measure it. So I might not be able to tell you that you went your exact body fat is 15%, but I can pretty confidently tell you that you've lost 2% body fat over the course of, you know, 2 months of working out. So can someone do this on themselves? Uh, is it not recommended? I don't recommend it. It's possible. Um, they, they definitely sell calipers that you can use, and you can try to do it on yourself. Uh, you know, I think I just think it's it's tough to do, um, so I wouldn't trust it. But in a pinch, I <laughs> pun intended, it's something that you can do. Um, right. So now let me get to this. So a few other methods, though. Um, if you're at like a traditional gym, a lot of gyms will also have what's called bioelectrical impedance. You might also see it if you're on one of those scales that measures your body fat. So, all right, uh, the, the, this is weird. Like, um, so we we have the sounds of New York and sirens and stuff going on, but it's almost like like New York City has decided to troll us today because. Every time we think we're ready, we can record without like uh, without sirens. Like the sirens start, we keep stopping like and starting. Weird sirens, yeah. I don't even know what these are. It's insane. All right, we're just gonna keep going because right. this is annoying. Getting to yeah, stop yeah. and start breaking the flow. Yeah. Um, all right. So as I was saying, though, there's bioelectrical impedance. So uh, a lot of times you see it. It's like a handheld device. You punch in like your weight, your um, your height, and it basically it'll give you it punches out a number. So how does it do that? Well, what it does is. Um, muscle has retains more water than fat, so it has a high conductivity. So this little device, um, whether it's on your hands or on your feet, what it does is it shoots a very small electrical impulse um, on one side, and it's small enough you don't feel it, like you don't notice it, you're not going to get shocked. Um, but it sends an electrical impulse impulse through one side, and then it measures the time it takes to reach the other side of the device. And then based on that, and kind of based on your weight and your height, um, it's going to then estimate what your body fat is. So that's, again, a useful one, but for that one, you really want to make sure it's done under the same conditions every time you do it. So much like the you want the same trainer to measure your body fat, you would need the same conditions because, like as we've talked about before, like what's something you can think of in this type of a setup? What's a variable that, that can change very easily? Well, um, if you've just exercised, if you if you sweat, if you've just eaten, if you've just drank water. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, if, like if you're dehydrated, right? The, if 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 it if it relies on conductivity and you're dehydrated, that's going to make things different. Um, versus if you're overly hydrated, that's going to make things yeah, different. Yeah. So there are uh, quite a few variables that do um, affect the bioelectrical impedance. So it's something that you want to be kind of considerate of and aware of when you're doing that and so generally the best advice i have is like just do it first thing in the morning when you take it because as soon as the day starts like you know the one thing you can rely on is like first thing in the morning the conditions are always the same you're just getting up out of bed uh as the day goes on those variables change you may eat lunch you may not eat lunch you may work out you may not work out you may be stressed you may not be stressed you may have you know be sick you may not be sick you know all these things that kind of can kind of affect things so you know i would say the best bet is um um, start, you know, do it first thing in the morning and, and have that be your routine. Now, does this also, this method also function best in showing the change? Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It works well. So again, it's not going to give you your exact body fat, but it'll, it'll help measure the change. So then you have right. some more accurate ones, but these all kind of require you to be in a, in, you know, they require much more comprehensive setup. So there's hydrostatic weighing, which is basically an underwater test. So, uh, you know, long story short, you sit, underwater and you breathe into a tube and it uh, calculates your body's density, right? Waste based on your weight 
um, in the water versus your weight on land. So obviously your weight in water is going to be different from the weight in land. We talked about you know muscle having more fat than water, and so once you're a- by breathing into the breathing into it for a bit, it's able to kind of you know so basically your weight on your weight you know is going to be everything you have including the area that you have inside of you. So it kind of is able to measure out the weight of the air that you have and then using kind of your buoyancy in the water um it then gives you a measurement of the body fat which is going to be the you know far more um far more accurate and it kind of used to be the gold standard in in body composition but then there are a few other methods that that um are pretty cool like um uh some way that you can have a, a scan of your body and they have like some some uh, like infrared light that like could see show where your fat is. Oh yeah, types of fat. <laughs> and so that's probably There's the actually, most. Actually, <laughs> that's probably the most accurate. That was actually the next one. The De- Dexa, um, which uses X rays at different um, different kind of energy levels, and basically using the different energy levels, it can scan not only for body fat, but it could scan for muscle mass. It could scan for bone density, and as you just mentioned, it can target body parts. So it's actually a, a you know considered one of the kind of gold standards. Um, you know the other. There's another method. Um, like it would cost. Uh, a lot of gold yeah. <laughs> in, in order to have that test. Yeah. Um, so there's another one called plethysmography. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. I could be wrong. Um, that met, It's similar to the hydrostatic weighing, except that it basically put you, you get put into a pressure chamber. And it kind of, based on the pressure and the difference in the breath, it then all, and the changes in, you know, through the changes in air pressure, it's able to, again, give you an estimate right, of your, so your density. I people enough ways. I'm going to give you one more. One more is MRI. Yeah, right. So MRI, which okay, just gives you slices of the band. So it's really good for giving you um, a, an idea of the skeletal muscle and the you know, fat tissue. Um, so, but obviously all of these are very comprehensive. I think the hydrostatic weighing is probably the easiest. I, and the DEXA scans, I think I've, I've read or heard about being more kind of common. But look, for the average person, you know, if your next question, which is not, so I'll ask for you, is uh, which is the best for me? Honestly, like, it, it, you know, body fat's not going to tell you all that. Like, you don't need the super, super accurate test or scan unless there's some medical or athletic reason for it. So as long as you have a trainer that's accurate, or again, if you do the bioelectrical impedance, those generally work perfectly fine because look, it, you know, the difference between a you know couple the point two percent is not that big. I want to see like a one or two percent difference over time. So, you know, as long as you have an accurate trainer or an accurate device, like that'll be enough to tell you how you're changing over time. So I would say you know you don't need to go you know don't go find your nearest DEXA scan or don't ask your doctor you know if you have an MRI schedule for your shoulder don't say hey can you test my body fat like doesn't really make much of a difference as long as you just have an accurate trainer. What if someone wants to have an, a really accurate read of their body fat? Then fine, then go ahead and do uh, it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not stopping you. I'm just saying you know if you like so look if you got a trainer if you got a good trainer at your gym if you get if you get your body fat done by them and then you have them measure like do your waist your hips, your chest, your arms, your legs, your, your calves, that'll give you far more information than you'll ever need for, for measurements. Again, unless you have like some specific need, you know, f- for it. Wouldn't you want um, someone who sort of tests and that gives you a lower body fat percentage with the testing so that means you have less body fat? Yes, <laughs> sure. <laughs> or you might get somebody that fudges the numbers. You know, like I, I knew a trainer that would do that. Like he, when he wanted his clients to like, it's so unethical. Like he'd want his clients to renew. So like <laughs> he would, he would always like give show. Oh, oh, Actually, look, you're a little really, better. And the funny thing is, it works. Like you know when you, you like I've had not I've I haven't 
lied to clients but what will happen is you'll get somebody that's down about how they feel like they're actually kind of like just like eh, i don't know i'm not you know i didn't lose any weight i'm not looking good you do some measurements and if they the measurements show change all of a sudden their eyes they brighten up they're more excited they're ready to work out they're ready you know so it, it does work so unfortunately if you are manipulative or if you are unethical you can just lie and say oh look well you, you lost two percent body fat things are going great and then the client's happy so oh, it definitely man. like having that measurement does help and it does make a difference so if you're a trained and you're not using um, body fat testing for your clients, um, I would recommend it. Again, not everybody needs it. Uh, I, I, I don't use it all that much unless I have a client that specifically is like focused on their, you know, that kind of progress. But it is a useful tool for somebody who, who's like, you know, for weight loss and, they, and you want to show them, hey, look, you are losing, you know, you're, you're, you're getting in better shape. You know, you might not, you know, the weight might not be down, but your composition's changing and that's better than the weight loss. All right. So... You hear um, you hear the the term BMI used a lot more now, and sort of weight is thrown around. You still hear people say your weight, right? But now we know that that, that there's a little more, more that goes into it. So, sort of explain the difference between your BMI and, and your weight, and why is it sort of important to know the difference? I mean, so BMI is kind of antiquated at this point. It's really not useful except to tell oh, you that useful. you're severely underweight or you're severely overweight, but you're going to know that. You know, like you're going to know if you're you're going to know if you're obese. You're going to know if you're bordering or morbidly obese. Like you're going to know if you're really really underweight. Um and so unfortunately there's this middle ground of like where most people, you know, fit where BMI is not really telling you much. So, you know, the problem with BMI is is that there's no context to it. So, B, B, I'm sorry, I keep saying BMI. So, BMI is basically a, a measure of your height versus your weight. The problem is, like, you know, we could yeah, go down the street, we can find 20 people who are 5'10 and 180 pounds, and every one of them is going to have a different body. And so, the problem is, again, there's no context. If you're 5'10, 180 pounds, and you're 15% body fat, that's going to look completely different from someone that's 5'10, 180 pounds, and 25% body fat or 10% body fat. So, so BMI is just telling you how your weight versus your height. That doesn't give me any information. And again, like from a clinical perspective, doctors that you know will use BMI effectively. Again, it's like it's to tell somebody, hey, you're obese. You fall in the line of obesity. But like, you know, not to be rude about it or a dick about it, but like if you're obese, you, you kind of know you're obese. I mean, I granted, maybe there's some people who are kind of on the border and maybe they're in denial. And so having that hard number is going to, you know, maybe get them, you know, because there are, there are situations. I have worked with people who are definitely on the borderline and it's not until a doctor tells them you're obese uh, you know you 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 fit that criteria that that it actually triggers something for them to change so you don't know, be too kind of flippant about it but like it doesn't again there's no context it doesn't give you much information and again if you're in the middle ground if you're you know if you're a little overweight if you're a little underweight you know it doesn't tell you anything for me i'm i'm muscular so i if you look at my bmi i'm actually going to be borderline obese you know, especially yeah, when I was a weightlifter, I'm, I'm five like, ten. I'm almost two hundred yeah. pounds. Like that's so, probably yeah. Look, but I'm, so you know, when, I'm yeah. Pissed. So I mean, that's the thing is again, there's no context. So unless you, you know, it's it, so it's kind of like you know, like BMI kind of like to me is like it's like you know, Captain Obvious when it's effective. You know, yeah, yeah. so um, that's where so that's why body fat is more effective, and that's why I think you know doctors should use that more often is because body fat will give you real context. It tells you like where you know your your body composition, how much fat do you have? Do you need to lose fat? Do you 
not lead, need to lose fat. You know, does that in a way that that really BMI can't do and doesn't do. And um, so that's why why I find that body fat should you know should be utilized and is more effective of a tool than than just checking your BMI. Well, some of the answers to this next question might also fall under the Captain Obvious category, but what are the variables that affect your body fat? Oh, uh, sure. So, um, the, you know, the major variables, I would say age is one. So, uh, you know, especially once you get to around where we are, you know, late 30s, early 40s, um, your, your body fat naturally starts to increase. So I'd say age is one one variable. Um, sex is another. So women tend to have more body fat than men. Um, you know, genetic, there's a major genetic component. So again, some people are just genetically predisposed to having a, a higher body composition than others. Um, hormones impacted. So again, that's why when women, um, women, especially when they're just in general have higher body fat and also like when they go through menopause um they go through puberty um there's going to be you know there can be significant changes in in body composition and in body fat so i'd say those are the major kind of variables that affect it obviously you have things like diet um and exercise so you know guess to say like if, if you're trying to change your body composition it, you know it's pretty simple you know thing that we've talked about all we talk about all the time uh one is you know your diet. So if you're at a caloric deficit, you're going to lose weight. Um, and gen, you know, unless you're, it's a crash diet, you're going to generally lose more fat. Um, you know, eating, obviously eating a healthy balanced diet. And again, you know, we can talk more with Tony about like the, you know, what nutrition components are, are involved, but when it comes to your body fat, obviously nutrition is one part. So being, if you're eating too much and it's eating too much fat, you you know then you're going to have an issue potentially with the with um increasing your body fat and again if you're taking in fewer calories than you're expending you're going to you know lose body fat um second part is um weightlifting so and, and your overall kind of muscle so the more muscle you have obviously you know the less percentage of fat you have so if you don't gain fat and you gain muscle you're going to lower your body fat naturally just because you put on the muscle but um what lower your body fat percentage? Sorry, percentage. Yeah. yeah. So, but actually, lower your body fat too. So, what? So, what? I mean, it, well, over time. So, basically, what happens when you're putting on muscle? So, obviously, you change the percentage, you change the composition. Um, the other thing that happens is um, the more muscle you have, the higher your metabolism is. So, basically, you burn more calories at rest, which means theoretically, like over 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 time, um, if your if your diet were to stay the same, but you put on ten pounds of muscle, then you're going to be burning more calories day to day naturally because that your basal metabolic rate, your kind of your your metabolism at rest should be higher. So just naturally, you should be burning more calories. Um, and then cardio. So, but again, like cardio, you, you can only do so much cardio. So when we're talking about weight, even when we talk about weight loss, like you know, cardio is fine, and you're going to burn. You it'll it'll help out with maybe the caloric deficit day to day, but it's not the most efficient way to, to lose weight. Like just don't sit and do cardio. But again, if you do some combination of cardiovascular activity, um, healthy eating, um, add a caloric deficit, um, and or weight training, you're going to change your body composition or your body fat percentage. So I know that you're certainly not an expert in this, but could there be a, a medical reason why someone might uh, put on fat or maybe can't or or can't lose it? Do you have you have you heard of anything? Uh, Are there did you listen to our podcast? Yes, <laughs> the I know. Life of fat. Gonna, I yes, would, yes, yeah, I would just, I would reference that. I mean, I, I think she explained that in a few situations where, where medically people put on fat far better than I can. So I would say, 
Um, definitely yeah, my episode. advice to you, Justin, would be to listen to that episode <laughs> of the podcast, and she'll be able to answer that question for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they look, and, and fat's not a bad thing. I think you know we always we we've yeah. definitely over over the years kind of demonized fat, and it's not necessarily bad. And you don't no. want you don't need low super low fat diets. Um, it's it is a necessary part of our diet, and uh, you know another important thing. Um, which I guess we'll get to, you, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, whether or not there's, you know, such thing as too low fat. And yes, there, like there is such thing as, as not having, you know, enough body fat. So I think, you know, there, there's, um, you know, a little bit different for men and women, but you have kind of what's essential, what you absolutely need. Well, uh, and so what's, well, I guess while we're on the, the topic, what is sort of the average body fat right now for say someone living in uh, maybe a Western country, or really a uh, country. Do you know approximately what it was I for someone maybe in the United question. States? That's a good question. I don't know the average. Cause, cause um, and the, so, you know, the average is, is tricky because in the United States, you have a lot of people that are obese. So it's going to bring the average up. That, 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 that's not my, my, I'm sorry, I should have rephrased the question. What is about a healthy uh, for it, uh, if we're very in a very general way, what is sort of healthy body fat for a woman and for a man? All right, so okay, so for men, so you've got athletes tend to be somewhere like in the five to twelve percent range. Um, that's kind of the athletic level. So again, you know, athletes are training a lot, training often, generally eating really well. So you, most you know, athletes are going to be in that range. Obviously, certain sports um, don't require that, but you're going to get athletes in that kind probably of probably sumo wrestling male athletes, doesn't yeah. require um, to have the low body fat percentage. Uh, female athletes tend to be in the fourteen to twenty percent. So you can see like they're almost a ten percent difference between men and women. Um, so now, just general like just healthy fitness for men is going to be about again like fifteen to 18 that range um for women it's gonna be about 20 to 24 25 that range for just general like you know if you're in that range you're healthy and fit um just average so just normal yeah, average is, is a tough question is yeah. not was sorry was yeah not well, but no, I'll say, so, just so because I'll say the average person's gonna fall around like 18 to 25 for men um and then for women it's about 25 to 30 ish for for women and then you have like overweight it's going to be 25 plus for men for women it's going to be about 30 so, so you're talking about the what what average for people that are that are healthy and then for average for the people that are overweight I, yeah i'm sorry to to rephrase I, I i didn't wasn't wondering what the the for the people either in the united states or in other countries what the average body fat if you measure everyone's body fat and show what the average person is that that was not what i was asking okay yeah sorry to to, to if there was any confusion no that's that. fine although that's sort of an interesting question no, but so so but to, I'm to saying, see yeah. what is the average body yeah, yeah. fat so, of, so no, you know, i'll say so basically for overweight is going to be again like for men is about twenty five plus for women it's going to be about thirty you, you see different things but anywhere from like thirty two to thirty five plus is going to be for, for overweight and then um, obese then you get to for men I think it's like third uh, I believe it's uh, I think it's thirty five for men I think it's forty five for women or forty forty five for women but that's going to be kind of the round the numbers so now the important thing though is um you know with being with there being too little also not the important thing but also what i was getting to before was that if you're too low so if you're for men if you're lower than four percent for women if you're lower than about eight percent um that it can be a health a major health issue then you don't have enough fat and the 
problem sometimes with, with what you see in like fitness magazines and fitness models um, is that often they're at that point where it's too low body fat. Like they don't have enough. It's not healthy. And so that's, again, another problem in our society that, that the visually like what, you know, our ideals of, of what's a perfect body really is an unhealthy body because there's not enough fat. So yeah, you, like, kind of getting back to that earlier thing was that you don't want to kind of stigmatize or demonize fat. You need fat. And, uh, you know, the healthy person, right? The average person is around 14% body fat. Like that's not ripped. Like you're going to, you know, see somebody that's the, you know, average healthy person or I'm sorry, you kind of a healthy fit, fit person that there, there's not like ripped abs. There's not like, um, you know, not a six pack. They're not, you know, veins popping out. They're lean, you know, they're muscular. You see that, but it's not, you know, what you're going to see on the cover of, you know, men's health or muscle and fitness. So, you know, you keep that in mind. So, you know, don't feel bad about yourself if you're, if you don't have a six pack, but you still have like a nice shape, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and you're probably healthy and you're doing everything right. Hmm. What are some issues that can come with having too low of a body fat? All right. So there are a number of issues with, um, you know, with having too low body fat. So, you know, first thing is just there's potential for heart problems. So the number of studies that really? show, you know, the lower, um, low body fat, um, dealing with, with heart problems. Um, so another thing is it, you, you're down to like your essential, you know, what's necessary as far as body fat. So you have low essential fatty acids, which actually lead to kind of mental fatigue and can potential cognitive decline. Um, so at this point, if you have too low body fat, your body is breaking down its glycogen stores for energy, which means you're not going to have much energy in reserves. So low energy is another um, negative result. Um, for men, low testosterone. Um, now, another interesting thing is you'll, you'll, you'll feel cold a lot because you don't have body fat, so there's no insulation. Um, weakened immune system. So those are all, you know, and then there are plenty of others, but those are just you know, some of the things I can think of that, that are like, you know, negative effects of having too low body fat. Interesting. It's funny how uh, you always... Um you always associate people with very low body fat as being healthy, um, but when it gets to too much of an extreme, that it that it's certainly not. All right. Oh, I think that's it. I mean, if you guys, as usual, if you have any questions, if I didn't answer something, or if I answered something incorrectly, and you need to make a correction, you know, definitely shoot us an email at thegymwits at gmail um, And maybe when we get Tony back on, she can answer some. You know, if, she, if there are any other things that we missed, um, she can help us with anything you know, more diet related, or Just didn't touch on anything body fat related. One thing that the the t- word fat, um, it's it's a bad sounding word. And it, it, it's, it's an unpleasant sounding word, right? It's like, it's like the word rat. Like no one likes, or, like people generally don't like rats, but if a, 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 a rat was called, it, <laughs> it's so funny because like Ryan and I have been talking and sure, this, the second like we haven't been recording and of course <laughs> yeah. now it's the- Yeah, we, we the basically science. cut off recording for two hours because we had a couple of uh, calls to make and we we're running late and there was no, no, no sirens. No, and then so we come the right back on and there are more so sirens. Funny. All right, so you're saying uh, how you it? hate words that end with at? Well, no, 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 no. Just in general, like it's like the, like the, if the word rat was called like- you know, the, uh, called fluffy the fluffy cuddle. You know, no, I don't believe fluffy that. cuddle poo. Like it, it might have a different association. Like fat, right? Has a just sort of has this has a really ne- sort of negative sound to it. I don't know. And don't you know even think it. about it in the in the in in, in your dietary fat, like what, what you eat, and like you associate it with like fat on your stomach, and it's like there's just this sort of 
you know, been a war on fat for a long time. And where I think we're starting to come out of it, but, you know, that's my spiel on that. It's just okay. Fat's not the enemy, I guess. But we've heard that before. Too. <laughs> yeah. Well, too much. You know, you want to be careful, but but yes, yeah, no, we're no, of course. Well, remember, yeah. you certainly want to be at a healthy level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have we actually haven't asked the trainer today. All right. Um, so since we haven't had been able to do a full episode of that, we got a question. And the question is from Jordan. Yep. And um, uh, Jordan writes, "Hey Jim Witz, been listening to your show for about a year now, and love how much I've learned. You always make it easy and digestible. Well, thank you so much." Uh, my question is, as someone who works seasons throughout the year, I am very rarely in a location where a gym is an option for me. And as we move in convoy most of the time with a full van, I also cannot buy weights. Uh, and I've put on a, a, a fat this past year, <laughs> right? Uh, my question is, if having muscle lifting weights is the best way to burn fat and keep it off, is this possible to do it, uh, if I did uh, body uh, weight exercises, and is it viable for me to, to put on any significant muscle? Thanks for all the information you provide us. Yes. <laughs> Big fan. Um, sorry, that was the end part. Um, all right, so it's not ideal, obviously, to not having access to weights if you want to put on muscle is a bit of a challenge, but it's not impossible to to put on muscle um, doing body weight exercises. Um, it's just going to be tough. I think if you're traveling and you don't have access to a gym and you know i would say one thing to try to do is maybe get a pair of exercise bands and like a trx or like some kind of a suspension trainer um you know with the bands and the suspension trainer you should be able to get a good deal of resistance training and at a minimum you can maintain and you could probably put on some muscle like look you're not going to become a bodybuilder uh with body weight trx and resistance bands but you can do a lot and especially if you you know if you feel like you've put on some fat and you want to just get yourself back into shape, you can do a whole lot of stuff with doing some, you know, again, push-ups and dips and, you know, triceps push-ups and, and you know, if you could do, get a pull-up bar, do some pull-ups and with the TRX stuff, you could do tons of TRX stuff. Um, you could do lots of stuff with the bands, uh, you know, doing things where you change your... Um, you know, changing the tempo, varying the tempo and the speed and isometrics. There's lots and lots of different types of exercises and things you can do. So I would definitely recommend getting, a, like I said, get a suspension trainer like a Jungle Gym or a TRX um, or a Moby or Modi, I think is the other one. Um, you know, get some exercise bands and do some bodyweight stuff and you should be able to get a lot, um, a lot done just with that. Uh, you know, also, it would, as we talked about earlier, the importance of cardio. So if you have a chance, you know, look, you, as long as the climate, you know, the weather allows for it, you should be able to run. So try to get some cardio in if you're physically capable of it. Uh, you know, do a mile, do two miles. So, you know, between, you know, kind of the... There's a lot of great circuits you could do as well. Sure. Sort of interval type training. You know, yeah. So, I mean, you, you have, there are before. lots of options. You could do you know, Tabata style stuff, which is great for keeping yourself in shape. Um, but again, specifically for muscle, if you're looking to put on the muscle, um, you know, definitely you can get a lot done with the body weight and TRX and bands. And you can also, you know, again, you can do your cardio if you want to put, you know, get rid of some of the fat. It, you know, it's a tough life. Um, you know, I was, you know, I, I was on the road for a, a bit and, um, you know, seeing people who 
live on the road, you know, where for me it was like five weeks, but there are people who, you know, that's what they do for a living. And so seeing guys like that, it, it, it is incredibly hard for them to, to get exercise in. So, you know, you do what you can and uh, make the most of it. Hopefully, you know, things change where eventually you can get back into the gym, but you can definitely maintain and increase your fitness and increase some of your strength if you, you know, you do what I mentioned. And, you know, if you have any other questions, definitely shoot us an email and I'll try to follow up on that for you. And I think we've done uh, an episode on uh, traveling and fitness. And another thing to consider when you're traveling, um, which I think we've, we've also touched on. I don't, I don't know if we have an episode for this. It would actually be a, a really good one. We've done so many episodes now. Is your diet when you're, when you're on the road is also really a, a, a struggle because clearly when you're, you're, you're traveling, you don't have time to prepare food. Uh, sometimes the options available are not always great. So you're at the mercy of wherever you are. So um, certainly would be a nice thing to touch on. I believe we actually have talked about some uh, some options. Maybe we can try to post something uh, that we've done before. But perhaps we'll also have a discussion on how to sort of help your diet while traveling. Yep. Cool. So yeah, and again, you know, if, if you have any other questions, shoot me an email, um, and we'll try to follow up uh, as far as you know if you, if you need the specific equipment or you know books or other resources. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. Um, we actually went way longer than I expected to today. Uh, so as usual, uh, all of our stuff is at thegymwits.com. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, aka Chef Sonic, reminding you that truth does not sell. And we are the Gymwits. <laughs>